There is so much fake news online and even more about health conditions. Aside from people talking about their star signs, fake news about health has become one of my biggest pet peeves. To be honest, it's not always easy telling the difference. I'm here to help. Welcome to Debunking Medical Myths with Dr. Diggy. In every episode, I'm joined by a health professional to chat about these issues. Fake medical news isn't just silly, it's dangerous. So I hope you learn something useful and stay safe. So it's so good to be back um, with season two of the newly named Debunking Medical Myths podcast. Um, I hope you're all been well and coping okay with this COVID lockdown year, which I found for a lot of people, I think it's been a bit of a struggle, but I hope everyone's been staying safe and well. Um, I took a break because I needed to rest and get back on top of work, but I'm so happy to be back with more content and more episodes for you guys to debunk the medical myths. In today's episode, we're talking about e-cigarettes, vaping, which has been around, I think, since around 2004, but only become extremely popular in the last few few years. Personally, as a clinician, I've been a bit sceptical of the safety of e-cigarettes, but on hearing that it actually helps cut down people's smoking habits for regular cigarettes, which we already know are dangerous with links to lung cancer and COPD, actually, I thought it might be worth discussing further. Um, you know, answering questions such as like, what is vaping? How different they are to regular cigarettes? Are they addictive? And to answer some of these questions, I'm joined by Dr. Tosin Sotobu. She's a medical doctor working as a GP in the private and NHS sector. And you'll recognize her on her incredible platform, The Mind Body Doctor on Instagram, where she, she uses to educate and inspire as many people as possible to look after their health. I had so much fun working with Tosin back in January where she spoke at the Alafia Health and Wellness uh, Conference in January, which feels honestly a lifetime ago. Um, But more recently, she and I worked together on a webinar talking about fertility and IVF for the Women's Network at Salesforce. Tosin has a huge range. I'm really looking forward to having her on today to talk about e-cigarettes and vaping. It's just I just found it so strange because it's something I started seeing a couple of years ago. Like occasionally, I thought, "Oh, it's a bit weird, really weird. What's that guy doing?" Um, but they apparently been they've been available since like uh, 2004, mm-hmm. and they've just become. I I definitely noticed it when I was reading the stats about it, but it's definitely become a lot more popular in the last ten years. Yeah, and apparently there's about 3.6 million e-cigarette vapors in the UK. That's huge. It's it's crazy. When I was reading some of the stats, I was just like, gosh. Because you see people vaping all the time. Yeah. Actually, it's a lot more than than you think. Uh Uh-huh. Which is interesting. It's interesting. I think when we get into it, I think it will be um, an interesting discussion. So um. Absolutely. So as a... As a GP, what I mean, have you had patients come to you with any issues or concerns with vaping, or, or have you even had people who are you know regular cigarette smokers and they've come to you wanting to know if vaping was a really good option or alternative? Because I've I've read that's another thing that's been recommended. Yeah, I personally haven't. I think I've in my whole kind of GP experience, I've maybe had one or two patients mention okay. it, um, and one or two patients ask you know, are there any side effects? Yeah. But, um, no, I haven't actually had many patients actually ask about it. I know some of my patients obviously do vape. 
And yeah. um, we've talked about it in kind of the GP community when we've gone on kind of our teaching the days, there have been talks about it, which yeah. is essentially, you know, <laughs> we don't yet know what the evidence is. <laughs> so obviously we're learning as, as we go along. I think everyone's learning. I think we'll get the answers. Yeah. So. I think especially with COVID, people don't like hearing we don't know, but in that, you know, it, that's how that's how we find out with research it takes decades sometimes to find some kind of link or association with certain conditions with um with I don't know something like vaping um as we didn't know maybe like in the 1920s and 1930s that cigarettes were so dangerous uh we only found out with a lot of evidence in the 1950s and 60s and I think even then they were still advertising like smoke the doctor's favorite cigarette and all that um so it takes it takes time to get this kind of evidence so yeah, yeah it's tricky 100%. um so like what if I asked you if people were to ask you like um what would you say that is the difference between cigarette smoking and vaping so people may not realize there is a, there's a really big difference Mm-mm. so essentially if we look at the traditional cigarette that contains tobacco and nicotine, but it's the tobacco that is really, really the harmful substance. Yeah. Um, and the tobacco contains lots and lots of chemicals, mainly tar and carbon monoxide, which is what can harm basically every internal organ in your body. Um, So essentially that's what a traditional cigarette is. However, with an e-cigarette, so vaping, it's, different so it doesn't contain tobacco which is a good point but it does contain nicotine um so essentially an e-cigarette is it's like this battery powered device and it's quite interesting because they've made them look like traditional cigarettes so they look long like you're holding a I think to feel (laughs) like you're holding a cigarette in a sense yeah um so it's a battery powered device and then they have these little pods which are called like e-liquids which go into the device and essentially um that's heated up and that liquid turns into an aerosol or vapor that can be inhaled so the liquid doesn't contain tobacco but it can contain well it does contain nicotine Mm. and some other chemicals as well um, and sometimes flavorings as well to make them taste nicer. Mm. It does make me think of like shisha because I know that yeah. you can get lots of different flavors for shisha. Is that is it different? Is shisha something that because I I think that definitely does have tobacco in it. I'm sure. Yeah. So shisha <laughs> does have. I can never say the word shisha. Shisha <laughs> does have. It does have tobacco in it, which is interesting because a lot of people think that it's harmless they think it's a harmless way of smoking or socializing Um, but actually it has tobacco in it so it contains the same harmful risks that smoking a traditional cigarette does Um, and sometimes Mm -hmm. even more when you look at it because it contains most of the time it contains the exact same tobacco but people often smoke shisha over a longer period Mm. it's a form of socializing especially in certain cultures so they can sit there and have a one hour shisha shisha um and actually apparently that's the same as consuming over 100 cigarettes if you're just smoking by yourself for an hour 100 i feel like exactly i think i feel because it is so social and it feels so harmless um and like you said, it's, and I've definitely, I shouldn't really, probably shouldn't admit this, but I've definitely, I've, I've smoked shisha in the past, but I never really thought of it as being 
so much like a as dangerous as cigarettes but if you think about it like you said it's that duration i mean you can't really smoke one cigarette for like an hour mm. i mean that's the skill yeah exactly i'm sure i don't i mean i haven't tried so that's like you said it to put it in context it means you're you're smoking cigarettes back to back to back to back um but yeah gosh, yeah we had a question about that actually someone messaged in was like could you just to talk about if it's you know just mentioned shisha so i hope that answers your question to whoever asked um that's so interesting so going back to e-cigarettes so essentially it's you're inhaling a um a vapor an inhalable aerosol that um and, and it contains nicotine and i guess other things that contribute to the flavor but no tobacco and yeah so because with smoking cigarettes you're relying on the burning of the tobacco and the tar and all the other chemicals that come from burning well you don't really have that with um, the e- e-cigarettes but um exactly yeah interesting. yeah interesting and it does contain other chemicals so like i said it contains yeah. nicotine flavorings and then most commonly um two chemicals called propylene glycol and glycerin yeah. now in their kind of natural form they might not be too harmful but when you mm. heat them up they can create lots of harmful toxins so that's what if anything can be causing the harm and um, mm. like like we said before we just don't know at this point and um, the long-term kind of side effects of vaping. we know in the short term that it can have some type of effect on your on your lungs because when you look at people that suffer with asthma if they start vaping, that they can sometimes worsen their asthma symptoms in the short term, or it can cause things like coughing. Yeah, so, you know it has some kind of effect. We just don't know in the long term what we might be looking at, what the long term damage might. Absolutely, be. and I guess if you just try to imagine when you know it's like inhaling a type of hot air vapor that's not natural for us our lungs weren't designed for that purpose so it will cause some damage we don't know if it's long term or short term and I guess people with asthma can have all things trigger their asthma whether it's dust or heat or any kind of particle or even animal hair so you know it makes sense and it's logical to assume that inhaling a vapor um, heated with you know with heated chemicals that we don't actually have an idea that can also logically also trigger um uh irritation of the of the of the um running of the lungs so it does make me think i think there are we're going to find out maybe in like 10 20 years what actually are the long-term problems with vaping but for now we're not so sure mm-hmm. and interesting the current guidelines say that healthcare and nice guidelines say that um healthcare professionals should not discourage the use of vaping for as an aid for quitting smoking is that something you've done or you've or you've heard about so it's definitely something I've heard about. Um, personally, it's not something that I do in my practice because, mm. again, we just don't know the evidence. But um, it's interesting because we do know that it is a better, if you're comparing it to normal cigarettes, it's mm. less harmful. And I think I was reading, um, according to a 2019 government survey, more than 36 million adults in Great Britain at the time were smoking e-cigarettes so that's about 7.1% of the adult population Mm. and then of those users 54% were ex-smokers so that suggests that it is helping people stop smoking 
So in a sense- That's significant. It is, it's massive, that's over half. So in a sense, if it's helping people stop the more harmful alternative, yeah. we can see why it would be encouraged, even if we don't know um, the long-term possible side effects, but we do know it's less harmful than traditional cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we can, yeah, that's true. Anything to get people to just stop smoking. Oh my God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, it really is anything I always say to my patients you know there's just no good in smoking in your traditional cigarette smoker there's just there's nothing good that comes out of it so I know it's easier said than done and I hate to be preachy but (laughs) it's just so important to try and stop and try and seek help oh um, absolutely possible because it's not easy to do it by yourself that's the one thing I try and say I don't judge as a clinician, but I won't forget a surgical job I was doing. And this patient had this condition um, where his ar- carotid arteries, which are the arteries that supply the um, blood to the brain, were like almost basically closed up. And he still smoked about a pack a day. And I was like, bro, like, you don't need to, you need to stop smoking. Yeah. I mean, and he's like, oh, but doctor, I've stopped drinking. I'm like, I didn't ask you to stop drinking. <laughs> please you can have that glass of wine once a week but you cannot smoke please you have no blood supply to your brain I remember when I I used to work in the hospital you would just see patients in their hospital gowns standing outside or puffing away those you just think oh my gosh if if only I could help you it's tough it's real it's a real it's a real struggle um all the ones who literally just had a surgery and they want to go down and I'm like go on then they can't get up they can't even get up to go and smoke so I'm like yeah because you just had surgery (laughs) we we need your lungs to be nice and fresh and clear (laughs) I will say that doctors are not perfect oh no so let's not um come from a preachy standpoint because if I had to when I was in medical school just to reflect (laughs) um like you were saying earlier you know it wasn't until I think 2007 that smoking in the UK was banned in enclosed spaces so that's not that long ago so you can think of the older generation they grew up thinking smoking was fine they grew up smoking indoors oh yeah absolutely just Um, outside the theater room (laughs) exactly so my when I was in a one of my GP training jobs um my GP supervisor was this GP who was probably past retirement age but still working (laughs) still hanging in there exactly but he was just so used he would tell me he was so used to smoking in his GP surgery in his room and he hadn't he hadn't quit. He hadn't gotten to the stage where he had stopped smoking because he was just that addicted. So yeah. literally in between patients, he would be going out to smoke oh because he was just so used to smoking and hadn't obviously been able to stop. And I was just like, oh my gosh. It's so tough. It's so difficult. So difficult. No, no, no. And it's it's the nicotine that it makes it addictive. So like mm-hmm. you said, it's it does have an effect. It may, it's really, it is really tough to quit. And I do applaud anyone that does quit after mm-hmm. smoking for such a long period of time. It's a huge challenge, but um, yeah, I don't want to preach or judge, but it's the one, it's the one pet peeve, please. If you need help, seek it because it can really change your life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's move to our true or trash questions. Um, the first one is we've kind of, or oh, let's go to this one. All right, how about this question? So, vapes contain nicotine. True true or trash? 
So this is true. So vaping does contain nicotine. And I think people get confused as to what nicotine is. Mm. Um, Because we know it's contained in the traditional cigarettes, people assume that that's the harmful substance. Um, And I think actually looking at a quote, it was actually four out of 10 smokers in a survey. So four out of 10 smokers or ex-smokers wrongly thought nicotine was what caused the tobacco related smoking cancers when actually there's no evidence Mm. to show that it's the nicotine that's harmful so you can just see the misinformation that's out there Mm. so yes essentially um nicotine is included in e-cigarettes or in vaping and this doesn't cause the harm, but it is really, really addictive. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's probably why people think it might be harmful, because in a mm-hmm. sense it is, because it does make you addicted to something. Um, and it has that addictive ability, but it doesn't cause, there's no link to, to cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's not like the tar or the other stuff that comes from burning the tobacco in your regular cigarettes. So, yeah, okay, so that one's definitely true. E-cigarettes, vapes, they do contain nicotine um okay what about this one vaping is not the only way to help you quit smoking true or trash true vaping is not the only way to help you quit smoking Um, and hopefully we all know this um so there's lots of proven ways um that your doctor or your pharmacist or some um helping quit smoking um, organizations can help you so the main one out there is nicotine replacement therapy mm-hmm. um, so that's probably the one that people have heard most about and it's essentially taking the nicotine that's in cigarettes but in much 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 smaller doses and putting it in different forms so you can have patches you can have tablets you can have chewable tablets you can have gums Mm. and essentially this is to help you slowly withdraw from Mm. those cigarettes so that's usually our go-to for people that want to stop smoking but there's lots of other different ways as well there's different medications that we use Um, but there's also things like counseling counselors a big one as well Mm. Um, because a lot of it is like we said it's yes you're addicted to the substance but a lot of it is our behavior as well it's when you make it part of your behavior and part of a coping mechanism um so definitely counseling is a big one there as well oh absolutely and like you said with your example of your GP colleague he's been doing it for so long it's just part of his lifestyle routine mm-hmm. um and like with anything that's become part of our lifestyle routine whether it's smoking or scrolling on your instagram every five minutes like you need you probably need to like really change the behavior so, and and it would be great if you had some help to like or some sort of counseling to help you address that and focus on that and I think you probably are more successful when you do seek seek out these kind of um solutions to help you stop smoking and not try and do it cold turkey because I'm not sure how that effective that is um definitely yeah. I would say there's no there's no shame in asking for help because oh that's my gosh why us as doctors were here that's why your gp's there and that's why your pharmacist there that's why there's lots of organizations set up to help people stop smoking because we want definitely 
you won't get rid of us like (laughs) it's like as soon as you say you want to help you're like okay well I guess it depends everyone's experiences are different people might not have had as um, receptive um, GPs or pharmacists but I think most healthcare professionals when they say you want to you say to them I'm I'm thinking about quitting they'll jump on to help you don't worry Um, but yeah so another question or statement e-cigarettes aren't regulated by anybody true or trash so this is trash yeah. um, <laughs> so yes they are they are regulated to a certain extent extent I will say mm. um, so we're talking about the UK just in case anyone's listening from overseas but yeah. in the UK um, they have the, some of the strictest regulations when it comes to e-cigarettes in in the world essentially so under the tobacco and related products regulations um, which was formed in 2016 e-cigarettes are subject to essentially minimum standards and minimum packaging and labeling requirements so there are definitely um, some regulations there however I will say that they're not covered by the UK's smoke-free legislation so Mm. basically that's that's essentially where you can smoke. So obviously we know with traditional cigarettes, you can't smoke in enclosed spaces. However, there's nothing for vaping to say that you can't smoke in certain areas. There is guidance. So there is guidance by the Public Health England. um, And so different, I guess, different companies have taken on their own legislation. So Transport for London buses, trains, stations, you can't actually vape in as far as Mm. I'm aware. Um, But there's no kind of overriding UK guidance on that yet. Oh, that's so interesting. What about hospitals? I think I've seen a few patients sneakily trying to, you know, use their vapes in hospitals. I guess like that comes to, I guess, local guidance, right? Yeah, I would say so. It's been, it's been so long that I've been inside a hospital, but I, I would assume that you can't vape in a hospital. <laughs> I would assume that you yeah. can, but I'm I'm not sure. It's been so long since I've been actually inside Fair enough. the walls of the hospital. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, the next one is exposure to e-cigarette vapor is harmful to bystanders, including children. So mm. as far as we know, it's not harmful to bystanders as far as we know. Um, so essentially, unlike cigarettes, you don't get this kind of side stream of vapor admitted into the atmosphere. It's essentially directly inhaled mm. as an aerosol, as a vapor. Um, so as far as we know, there's no kind of bystander side effects, especially not to the extent that you get from normal cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But obviously this this may change as we find out new data. New yeah, time. yeah um and another another um thing I've heard very early on when people started um vaping and stuff was vaping will give you popcorn lung true or trash have you heard anything about this so I haven't necessarily heard anything directly about this I think for those that are listening who don't know what popcorn lung is it's essentially a nickname for a lung condition that we call bronchiolitis um, which is essentially a chronic so a long-term lung condition which damages the airways in your lungs and that can cause coughing shortness of breath it can Mm. it can can make you difficult to kind of function and breathe on a day-to-day basis so um, essentially there's from what I've read there's no evidence 
to show that it causes popcorn lung. Again, um, I will say just a caveat, we still just don't know. <laughs> we just I know. We just don't have the research. Um, like you said at the beginning, it's only really been popular over the past, what would you say, about five years, I would say? Five, six, yeah, super popular in the last five years, but yeah. people have been using it probably since they banned indoor smoking with cigarettes, yes. so 2007, I think. Yes, but, so yeah. cigarettes came on sale in the UK in 2007, and then I think they've just grown in popularity over the past five to six years. So, you know, mm. we just don't have the evidence. The studies just have not been done as of yet. So as far as we know, it doesn't cause popcorn lung. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully we don't find out that it does in the future. But gosh, yeah. <laughs> on that research. <laughs> Very controversial, the next one. E-cigarettes are being used as a Trojan horse so the tobacco industry can keep people smoking. Ooh, very... What? <laughs> when I saw this, I was like, really? <laughs> I think that's an interesting one because... Hmm, because... E-cigarettes aren't essentially governed under the tobacco industry um, as far as I know. And actually, I think the tobacco industry wants to keep people smoking tobacco. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Essentially. So I don't think so. I think e-cigarettes are just something that have come about and they've become popular and they just happen to be a less harmful alternative for some people than smoking. So yeah I don't necessarily think this is the case and if anything it's the other way around I think so yeah I think it's I think it's exactly like you said the earlier most of the smokers e-cigarette smokers or vapors have been ex-smokers so you're taking and they're taking away business I guess from the tobacco industry because they're not smoking cigarettes anymore they're smoking e-cigarettes which don't contain tobacco so there's not they're not really benefiting from it um Mm. And if more and more, even if people were to start smoking um, e-cigarettes and they weren't smokers before, I don't know how much evidence this shows that they're going to now jump onto a cigarette, if that makes sense, because it's more convenient to smoke an e-cigarette. You you know, there's less legislation and rules about smoking indoors um, with e-cigarettes compared to actual regular um, tobacco cigarettes. So I wouldn't, I don't know, maybe they will get more evidence on this, but I can't see it would be like um, like a gateway to smoking roll-ups and, and regular cigarettes. Yeah, de- definitely. I completely agree. Although I, I do think there's something in, um, in, I guess, people starting to smoke e-cigarettes mm. who would have never smoked non-cigarettes. Yeah. And I do know in the US that's become a big issue well they've called it the teen vaping epidemic because you'll see oh, wow. you're seeing young teenagers that are taking up vaping because essentially it looks cool especially if you're advertising them as these kind of flavored yeah or fun things to do so you're having pe- you're getting people that are taking up e-cigarettes that actually maybe might have never even taken up traditional cigarettes so I think that might be interesting to see in the long run mm. how many people we end up seeing vaping um, instead of actually smoking and who would have maybe never actually smoked, smoked anyway. at all. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Either way. I think we've covered all my trauma trash questions. It's been so lovely talking about this with you, Tosin. Honestly, um, it's such an interesting. I've just always wanted to talk about it and break it down because people don't really 
I just don't think people have as much information about it. It's very confusing, but it does look cool. So it's it's important to discuss and get people um, educated and made aware of the differences. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. It's been a great <laughs> discussion. Um, and I think I always learn things when I when I talk about them out loud because yeah. You know, we don't talk about vaping on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> it's nice to actually sit down, you know, look at the evidence that is out there and talk it out. So, yeah, yeah. it's been a great one. So e-cigarettes are not the same as regular tobacco cigarettes and should not be treated as such. Despite being tobacco-free, e-cigarettes do contain addict- the addictive product nicotine. And it's too early to say if there are absolutely no long-term risks with vaping. I hope you found this useful and if you feel if you have any more questions feel free to send me a dm on my instagram page debunking medical myths. Thanks again to Dr Tossin for joining me you should definitely check out her instagram page at mindbodydoctor for more great content and remember to share and subscribe and I'll be back soon with another episode of debunking medical myths.